Hello and welcome to the Sunset Series. My name is Nathan Malaw and this is today's podcast. So today um, I want to talk uh, again about an issue that I think underlies society and is not so prevalent but is a topic that I feel like many others should be addressed. And so what I want to talk about um, is... The idea that everybody should own a gun. So if the UK, where I currently live, um, what if the UK adopted the US Second Amendment right to bear arms as stated in the Bill of Rights? Um, The Bill of Rights is what gives American citizens, um, it's essentially what outlines their rights. And it says in the Second Amendment, um, they have the right to bear arms and the right should not ever be infringed. So what if the UK adopted this? What if the UK had the same thing? And for anybody who says guns are illegal, no, they're not. Guns are not illegal in the UK. They are legal. You just need to hold a license. That's how to own one. You need to have a license to own a firearm in the UK. That is the law. And the certificates that you get when you have your license, they are valid for five years. So, I don't know. That's for anyone who's interested. (laughs) If anyone's like, how do I buy a gun? What do I buy a gun for? I'm not promoting this in any way, shape or form. I'm not saying go and buy a gun. I'm not saying do this. I'm not saying do that. Um, It's off your own accord and down to your own circumstances. But I'm just outlining the facts. The fact is you need to have a license and the certificate is valid for five years. Um, after that, you need to reapply. So, upon this, I think that already is uh, something that is up for debate. The fact that guns are legal, that, is, that in itself is the first either green flag or red flag, depends on how you decide to view it. But I think the fact that guns are legal, it poses a lot of pros and a lot of cons, which we'll get into later in the podcast. However, this is something that I think you need to question already. Why are guns legal? What for? What is? What are these life-taking but also security-giving machines for? Why? Why do we need them? Why do we have them? What is it about them that gives us both a sense of security, a sense of confidence, but also the power to take away a life? This is something that is, I think, a more moral debate than anything else. And it's something that I think a lot of people should question. So in the UK law, under uh, in firearm safety, well, under 1.3, it says some firearms and shotguns may be held um, on a certificate issued by the police. So upon that, the fact that it's issued by the police, it's not consulted by government, it's not consulted by higher bodies, each one needs to be reviewed by the police. Now the police, yes, they safeguard us, they protect us from harm, they protect the public from danger and any impropriety that people um, show in their day-to-day lives and they basically protect us from all the bad shit that goes on <laughs> so yes on one hand they you can say that they have a good sense of judgment and they have a good they have a very good sense of awareness as to who they're issuing certificates to um 1.4 also says the permission to possess purchase or acquire a firearm will only be granted to an individual who is assessed by the licensing authority the police as not posing a threat to public safety and having good reason to own the firearm. Next, green or red flag. What is a good reason to own the firearm? What What is that? What is the good reason? Is it security? Is it safety? Is it protecting your home? Is it protecting others from danger? Is it protecting the public, uh, public health? Is it for the greater good? What is the greater good? See, there are so many moral um, implications here and questions to be raised and answered just by yourself. So what, why, my first question is why do we give the police so much control? Why are they, uh, why are they the licensing authority? Why is it not the government? Why do the government not have a 
um, department whereby they centralize all the decisions and they um, they are the ones who say, you know what, yeah, you can own one, you can't, you can own one, you can't. Why is it just the police? And is it local police or is it national police? Um, I... I don't know. I don't give a, a lot of weight to this personally, in my in my opinion. I think that if there was more um, more of a centralized decision making body, I think this would be a lot more uh, a lot more wiser. And that way, the, I think to an extent there would be a, a there would be more trust because a lot of people don't trust the police. That's just how it is. You can think back to. 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago, songs were being made, protests, riots, so many things. And you can say the same about the government as well. You can say nobody tr nobody trusts the government. So who can you trust to license your um to license your firearm? That is also something that I think should be put up for debate. But personally, I think the police for me hold less weight and less authority than the government. The government naturally is higher up, and to an extent, I trust them more than I do the police. I don't exactly know why. <laughs> I just do. I don't know why. I just do. Maybe it's how I've how I've been raised, how I've been brought up, um, to view the government as this. I don't know this euphoric. Um, I don't know, godly or not godly. That gives it no. That's too much not godly but it's just a powerful organization and in my eyes the powerful organization holds all the power they hold the decisions they hold the the last word to any argument so why is it that the local police or whatever police have to be the ones to issue the firearm some of them are even new the government hire people who have had experience. The government hire people who know what they're talking about. And that's not to say the, the police don't. They do. They definitely do. Otherwise, we wouldn't hire people to be part of the police and protect us. However, the government hire people who have much more experience, I believe, and people who um, maybe perhaps even subjectively or argumentatively have more expertise in said fields of firearms or shotgun certificates or firearms or uh, handgun certificates etc um if there was to be a body if there was to be a department let's say i think this would be um what would happen they'd be like yo yeah we need to set this up we're like, boy we need to set something up like this shit getting out of control this shit no 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 yeah they need to they need to set something up that's that's the point of it um so 1.6 also says we're still talking about the um legislation here by the way so 1.6 of the firearm safety in the uk government law says applicants should be able to demonstrate to the police that they require their firearm on a regular legitimate basis for work sport or leisure now <clears throat> one thing that was a bit iffy to me was the leisure part what is defined by leisure well like you leisurely go on a stroll when you have a handgun in your pocket like <laughs> like oh i wonder what we should do today let's go on a little stroll in the park and just keep a handgun in our pocket why not why not it's fine let's just go on a stroll keep a shotgun in the fucking in our bags like what <laughs> i think there needs to be some definition Obviously, I'm exaggerating this. I am exaggerating it, obviously. But I just think there should be more clarity. I think there should be more decisiveness and um, uh, attention paid to the terms that are being used. So, regular legitimate basis. Now, legitimate is subjective. Legitimate to one person is different to another. However, the legitimate basis for work and sport Work if you're a police officer, fair enough. Work if you're maybe, I don't know, a um, uh, bodyguard or you're, uh, what's it called? What are those people called? Um, people who look after you. Not bodyguards, there's something else. Um, personnel, security personnel um, for high up 
high up people in the government, um, high up employees. I don't know. Let's just go with security personnel. Security personnel, um, bodyguards, etc., etc. They may fall under the same umbrella, but whatever. We're going to go with it. All right. We're just going to go with it. So let's continue on. Um, if you are one of if you are one of those people, then yes, I think that is a legitimate basis, and that is something that you can say. You know what? I'm part of a big organization, I'm protecting people, I'm protecting the public, I'm protecting public health, public safety, and you're protecting the safety of um, the people in the government that we, as civilians, choose to elect, um, or, or, or deem to be in office, or whatever, um, deem fit to be in office, and we give them the votes, and we protect them. Um, so, yeah, right, if you can demonstrate that, that you have that justification, and then I think, all right, cool, safe, sweet, my guy, my gal, do your thing. See, like that. Do, do whatever you need to do. And if you're a regular civilian, I don't know. I think personally, my overall. Um, overarching opinion is I would personally keep a gun in my house to protect my family and in case of any um, attackers robbers etc etc I would just keep one in my house locked up away from children away from anyone getting it under lock and key under security code etc etc because if it falls into the wrong hands or if it falls into a child's hands, then obviously that carries dangerous and deadly consequences for which I will be liable. However, as I said, I would keep one. I would own one. And I think that is just because I have a sense of protectiveness over my family's safety. Um, however, that just means I'm one citizen who cares about their family and I'm probably one in millions who have the same opinion. However, would I be able to demonstrate that I require this handgun or shotgun or whatever to the police um, for work, sport or leisure? Probably not. And I think that's what increases the need for people to feel like they need one so they engage with the black market. And that's why I think a lot of people... Um, deter themselves away from applying away from going the government route the legal route and this is what ends up with people owning firearms and leading to crimes being committed and etc uh, etc et so applicants being able to demonstrate to the police i don't know i don't know that leaves millions of people probably without a sense of safety but it also means that we issue the right items, the right firearms to the right people who can legitimately demonstrate that they need to own this. They need it. They don't want it. They need it. So to an extent, I think that's also good because we're, uh, we're not just handing out any firearms at any old bill on the street and be like, oh, you're all right, mate. Do you want a gun? Yeah. You want, you want one? Yeah. Go on. Take one. Go on. Yeah. yeah go on. Do you, does your mate need one too? Yeah. Is he protecting someone? Yeah. All right, cool. Take one. Go on. There you go. Imagine if that happened. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine on the side of the road. <laughs> Imagine on the side of the road, there was just some guy with a stool being like, yo, anyone want a gun? Like, what? <laughs> Obviously, who would need a license? And stuff, but like, no, nah, just imagine that. <laughs> That's mad. That is mad. But <laughs> anyway, um, let's, I, I was also researching. I wanted to know some statistics. I wanted to know some like facts and figures. And this, I think, is actually... Oh, like when I was watching... When I'm watching, when I was reading this, I was actually thinking to myself, this is a madness. This is... Whoa. Whoa. Like, kurva. This is mad. Okay, let's, let's put this into perspective. As of 31st of March, by the way, all these statistics are um, Office of National Statistics. They are valid government statistics. Um, and yeah, they are legit, basically. Uh, so, as 
at 31st of March 2021, there were 150 uh, English, English. (laughs) There were 156,033 firearm certificates on issue, which is a 2% uh, decrease on last year's figures. Um, I didn't do the maths, so... Yeah, someone can do the maths on that. Figure out 2% of 156,033, and then you'll get your figure. However, that is a lot of firearm certificates. That is a lot. That is 156,033 people proving that they have a legitimate, regular need for a firearm for work, sport, or leisure. I don't know how they've managed to do that. That is a madness to me. That is wacky, but... I mean, okay, Uh, that is just firearm certificates. There are also shotgun certificates. Now I'm going to let you imagine. How many, how many do you, how many do you think? How many certificates were on issue? Bearing in mind 156,000 firearm certificates were on issue. How many shotgun certificates do you think were on issue? Take a guess. Take a guess. I'm going to give you a second. This will probably blow your mind. Wait, blow your mind? Okay, that's the worst pun I could have used. (laughs) That is the worst pun I could have used. I'm so sorry. Um, That sounds insincere. I am genuinely sorry. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, there were 548,521 shotgun certificates on issue. And you know the worst part? That is a 3% decrease on last year's figures. A decrease, meaning there were 3% more than that. That is crazy. That is insane. Like, what? That is... What? It, what is that? 548, 156... Uh, near enough 700,000, or maybe just over 700,000 firearm certificates what 700,000 people in the UK own a firearm that is crazy now I don't know how you think how you feel about that you make your own judgments but in my eyes I personally don't see how 700,000 people need a firearm. And what do they need it for? See, there there are also fabricators, people who lie about what they need it for. And that also gives a lot... That installs a lot of fear in society. It installs a lot of fear in me. Like, if I'm going into someone's house, I'm thinking, what if they're one of the 700,000? What if they have a secret motive like you, you can't say no to things like this. These are legitimate things that you need to think about in your day-to-day life. Whose house you're going into? What weapons do they have? What things do they own? Are they valid? Did they lie about what they needed for? And are they going to utilize their lie on you? Like the, I know it sounds crazy, and I know that you may be thinking like, "Oh, Nath, chill. Like I'm just going to my mate's house. Like relax." Okay, cool. Fair enough. I may be wrong. I may be completely wrong, but I'm just saying this is something that people need to be wary of. I'm not saying you need to be absolutely fearful of your day-to-day life and being like, no, no, I can't go out. I can't go out. Everyone's going to want to kill me. Like, no. I'm just saying be wary. Like, be mindful. That's all. I just think it's something that is a very, it's a very large number. And it's something that questions your moral and, uh, well, yeah, just moral rights and moral dilemmas and values that you hold as a person. What, how does this affect you morally when you own the gun, when you keep it in your house? Do you feel more assertive? Do you feel more powerful? Do you feel more secure? Do you feel more confident? I, these are all things I think should be questioned. And in the year ending 31st of March 2021, there were 4,988 new applications for firearm certificates, of which 98% were granted and 2% were refused. Now, I've broken this down. There were also 10,901 new applications for shotgun certificates, of which 97% were granted and 3% were refused. I've broken this down again. So, basically, that is 415 applications per month 
for firearm certificates and 908 applications per month for shotgun certificates. In total, that's 1,323 people per month applying to own a firearm. Taking into account there are millions of people in the UK, that makes sense. All right, fair enough. 1,300 people odd applying for a firearm. Yeah, okay, I can see why that number would make sense. That's not really a lot of people. However, that's also 1,323 people you are basically saying you can own this for the legitimate basis that you're applying on or you're saying, here's a gun, we trust you, but you now also have the power to kill someone. You have the power to take someone's life. You have the power to cause destruction, chaos, riots, protests. You have the you have a, a, a machine in your hands that can do good or do bad. And if it does bad, it does a lot of bad. And also do good, what is do good? That's also a question you need to think about. What is do good? Is it doing good for yourself? Is it doing good for others? How are you doing good with it? But just a thing to think about. I think it's food for thought. 1,323 per month who apply, who got, um, well, give or take 1,300, um, who own a firearm, who applied for a firearm, sorry. That is a lot of people. And maybe it's people who are close to you, who you know who have applied for one. Maybe best to question them on it. Why did you apply for it? Why do you need it? So yeah. Um, also, of the um, certificate holders, 94% um, were male. So that is a high, high number of them who are male. 69% were aged 18 to 64. And 0.4% were aged 17 years and under. See, there was also a fact I found. The youngest shotgun certificate holder as of 31st of March 2021. Do you know how old they were? Try and guess. Try and guess. The youngest shotgun holder. How old were they? They were seven years old. There is a seven-year-old kid who owns a shotgun certificate. See, there's, there's, there's a million ways you can think about this, but seeing as a high, high percentage of kids owning that own a gun, I think, to an extent, it's kind of petrifying. Because if you think about it, kids are the most impressionable people. Kids are the most impressionable people you will meet. Because whatever you tell kids, they will grow up with. They will, they will deem this as acceptable moral lessons and reasonable lessons that they will carry on with them throughout their lives. So if you say to a kid, yeah, no, shotguns are great. This is fine. You can, you can kill. You can do good. You can, um, you can help society with this. And you only show them the, well semi-decent or semi-moral effects of owning, of owning a shotgun, like, I don't know, clay pigeon shooting or something like that, um, or target practice in the woods where you can't hurt anyone. F okay, fairs. But what if that kid then is like, oh, what if I go target shooting in society? And I know that's quite dark, and I apologise um, for the people listening who may be affected by that. I really do apologize. I'm sorry. But what if but these are uh, these are genuine things you have to think about. Like this isn't just a toy gun that you get in a newspaper magazine or a newspaper magazine, <laughs> a newspaper or a magazine. Like these are genuine machines that you hold in your hand that have devastating consequences. And if a child is brought up with this idea that they are acceptable things to bring into society, bring in on your day-to-day -day life, on your stroll into town, like, what? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, what? That is insane. That is why I, I said, if I am ever to own a gun, the gun will be kept in my house, lock and key, security code. Like, it's safe. In a safe.
safe in a bit. <laughs> but yeah, like that's how I see it because these are these are deadly weapons. These are deadly ass motherfucking weapons. So see that how you will. Um I'm going to do I'm going to tell you two more facts and then I want to go into some pros and cons. And that will be it. Um cuz I know people probably fall asleep by the end of this. I'm joking. You won't, obviously, because you love listening to me. But anyway, um, so <laughs> in the year, I could only find facts up to March 2019. That's all that was released. Um, I couldn't find any latest figures. However, if you do find any, please do send them my way. I'd love to have a look into them and maybe even update this podcast in the future. So... In the year ending March 2019, there were 9,787 offences in which firearms were involved, which is a 4% increase compared with the previous year in 2018. 9,787 offences. Now, that is, that is just one number. You have to think about the amount of crimes that go unreported, the amount of crimes that go under the radar, the amount of crimes that get covered up. Now, th this figure probably... I, in my opinion, I think it's just half of what the actual figure is. I think there are probably at least about fifteen to 20,000 offences. Genuinely, I think that. I don't believe that it's just 9,787 offences. I think a lot of crimes go unreported. I don't think. I think that's also true. Um, so... Let's think about that. 9,787 offences. That is a lot of offences. So the same way I was saying to you in the beginning of the podcast, the police are issuing weapons and they are saying, you know what, take this and do good with it, but you're also putting a weapon into someone's hand and this someone could be a serial killer. You won't know that. You're not going to know that for shit. You are not going to know that. How, why, why, would they, why would you know that? Of course, why would you know that? But we are leaving it down to the police to make our judgments for us and not a higher body, not a higher body who has a lot more potential and a lot more authority. So I don't know. I am... I'm just sceptical. I'm sceptical and I'm wary of that. And in no way am I defaming the police. I think, in fact, personally, they do the best job at keeping us safe. As much as they can, as best they can. However, I'm just wary of the fact that we are putting all of our trust into them as the licensing authority. I think that it should be a higher-up authority. That is all. Though, going back to the statistic, 9,787 offences, there were also 33 fatalities, deaths, resulting from offences involving firearms. This is more than three. Uh, this is three more than the previous year. 33 deaths resulting from offences involving firearms. 33 Nah. Nap. Nope. Nada. Nope. Don't believe that. No way is it 33. That defo is higher. It, it is definitely higher. No way. For 33 offense... 33. There, were, there are guaranteed many more that are unreported. Things, deaths that go under the eye that the police maybe even turn a blind eye to. It's been known to happen and... Not just in the UK, worldwide. Um, I do not believe that there is a high amount of corruption. I don't believe that. I just believe that um, things go unreported and it is a very high number of offences and fatalities. It is very unfortunate and it is something that is heartbreaking and devastating. If anyone ever goes through it, my condolences to you. However, it is something that I think, again, should be thought about. 
because that is a that is a very large number of offenses and how does that make you feel in your society does that make you feel safe does that make you feel secure does that make you feel comforted knowing that you're in a society where people can easily apply for a handgun or a shotgun and it can be issued there were hundreds of thousands of issues uh, certificates being issued and that makes me think all right cool they're just going to issue it to anyone obviously not but like it's a, still a very high number which is mind-boggling. It's insane. So, let's, let's go on to some pros. I want to, I feel like I've been, um, I've been shitting on guns, basically. I've just been saying how bad they are, and, well, they are bad, but they can also be good. <clears throat> See, restricting gun access reduces suicides. That is a pro. In the UK, there were 5,224 suicides in 2020, there were 5,691 in 2019, and there were 5,420 in 2018. Some percentage of those were by firearm. However, the Office of National Statistics, um, it doesn't provide this um, statistic, how many were by firearm. Though restricting gun access, restricting it um, by a large amount or, or regulating or moderating the applications to a large extent reduces, can or even has, has a very large potential, I should say, not reduces, but has a very large potential to reduce suicides because a lot of them are committed by firearm and they are committed by shotgun or, um, yeah, any firearm essentially. So I think that is a pro. If we reduce the gun access, if we heavily moderate it and we heavily regulate the decision-making process or we centralize it with a, um, with a more powerful authority that a lot of, um, that a lot more of civilian of the civilians of this country trust, then it may pose a lot more benefits, um, or not a lot more benefits, but it would pose, it would be more beneficial. Um, to restrict gun access so that would be that would help the statistics and it would reduce the number of suicides in the UK um, which is a figure that I hope we can all strive together to reduce do our part and do as much as we can as humans, as loving, as a cohesive community to do everything in our power as well as restricting gun access to reduce this number. It's still too high. Another pro, self-defense. A lot of people don't know how to fight. A lot of people don't know what to do in certain situations. And if you're in a life or death situation and you don't know how to fight, and your only hope is the gun in your back pocket, then to an extent, you're saving your own life. You're, you're using it in self-defense. Now, again, this is a very, very big moral dilemma. Some people say, yeah, but it's still not right. It's still not right. You still don't have the right to take a life. You still don't have the right to um, take away what's not yours. And I agree. I agree. I don't, I would, I don't believe that you do. However, there is also the question that begs to be raised, which is if you are in a life or death situation and you need to save your own life, literally save your life, otherwise you die, then, you know, do you use it? Do you use it? And if you do, then you have the self-defense, um, the self-defense statement that you can rely on if it goes to court because it's self-defense. Um, so yeah, that's another pro I think of owning it because you're using it in self-defense. Another, if it's used for the right reasons, it can be a life skill to learn something like target practice or, um, clay pigeon shooting. Like these are like, uh, I believe clay pigeon shooting is an Olympic sport as well, um, or it was. It's not anymore. I don't know. I, I haven't. 
I don't really follow clay pigeon shooting. <laughs> it's not really something that I'm heavily invested in, but um, if it's used for the right reasons, like I said, only the right reasons, again, that's very subjective. With this podcast, bear in mind, there are a lot of gray areas that you need to cover. Um, so a lot of things are up for debate and a lot of things are very subjective. Please bear this in mind when you're listening to me. Um, but yes, as I said, if it's used for the right reasons, it's it could be a life skill to learn, like target practice. Like You could end up one day training to be in the military. You could be training to be in the commandos or the marines or, um, or the air force or whatever. Um, places or organizations more more so um that require you to have firearm training and if you need to use it and you're doing it in a safe environment you're doing it away from people away from any danger away from harm and you're doing it for the right reasons then i believe it's a life skill i think you can learn a lot from it and it would improve your accuracy it would improve your aim it would improve your grip your stability your hand-eye coordination, there there could be a lot of pros that come from it. And I think, yeah, it's great. Just do it in a safe environment and keep it in the safe environment. That is it. Um, it also, subjectively, helps to make you feel safer in your house, your place of living. It provides you with a sense of security. So, if again, if you don't know how to fight, you don't know self-defense, you don't know... Uh, martial arts or whatever then it makes you feel safer in your house just knowing that it, that you have it if there's any intruders if there's any people who want to rob you if you know there's people that you've rubbed the wrong way and you've caused some shit with them like if you're if you're if you've been down bad with some people if you if you cause some little shit some little drama they're gonna come after you they're gonna <laughs> like nah i'm joking they're not but um no, like there's always a potential. You don't know. You don't know where people are. You don't know where robbers are going to rob. You don't know where they are going to hit next. And if you want to feel safer in your house, you want to protect your family. You want to protect the people around you, the ones you love. And you feel a gun is going to make you feel safer. Then that could be a pro. It could be a pro. It would save your life. It would save your family's lives. And if the bad situation arises, then you have something to rely on, not just a rolling pin or, or a whisk or a golf club. Like <laughs> you have something that is as dangerous as the robbers. So it provides a, a, a large sense of security. Um, another pro, if you live in a very rural area and you need a gun to protect you in case something happens, because the police may take an hour or something to reach you, then again, that situation arises. What if the robbers or whoever is um, coming to your house to harm you and you call the police and you're in a really rural area, the police will take at least an hour to reach you, then you have to fend for yourself. And if you fend for yourself with a rolling pin or a whisk or a golf club, like realistically, how far will you get? If you have a family to protect, you have kids to protect, you have a wife, or if you're a woman, you have a husband to protect, then to an extent, how much do you need this gun? How much do you need this firearm? If, if you are in a rural area, chances are probably you do go hunting yourself. You go hunting, you go clay pigeon shooting or whatever. You do that yourself. You probably already own one, so this point may be... Um, silly but nonetheless i think it's still a pro because you have something to protect you you can't rely on the police they're going to take ages to get to you so you need something else um if you live in a high crime area you need to protect yourself if you live uh well i'm not intending to be stereotypical but as far as i heard detroit detroit has always um, been full of crime or has a high high percentage of crime. I don't know. Don't quote me on this. As I said, I'm I don't know. I don't want to be stereotypical. It's just things I've heard, things I've seen in movies or like shit like that. Um, Detroit, Bronx, like the bad areas of Bronx, um, places in London, uh, places around London. Like there's there's areas you go into and you just feel on edge. 
you feel on edge. And if you live in these areas, you need to protect yourself. And, but how, but to an extent, you can also say, but okay, you need to protect yourself. All right, go and learn martial arts. Go and learn self-defense. That would help you more than having to use a gun. I agree. I would, I would much rather people just go and learn martial arts, put the time, put the effort in, and you may not even need a gun. You may never need one because you know how to protect yourself. You can fight your way out of it if you need to. And fighting someone will always be better than killing someone. Always. Both are wrong. I'm not saying either of them are right. Both are wrong. But if it comes down to it, it's the lesser of two evils. So I think all in all, those are some pros that we can think about uh, when you own a gun, when you own a firearm. And some cons. So some cons are easy access to guns means more violent crime. Most crimes are committed with the aid of a firearm. Let's face it, they are. Most crimes, robberies, um, GBH, manslaughter, um, well, you know, like serious offences or even minor offences, they are mostly committed with a gun. They are mostly committed with a dangerous weapon, a firearm, and the easier the access to these guns, if we had this Second Amendment right, remember this podcast is about having the Second Amendment right, even though there are still certificate points and license points that I've mentioned, but imagine if we had that still. Imagine if we had this right to bear arms. The easy access to guns means more violent crime. We look at America, we see the statistics. There is such an easy access to guns, which easily means that more black market weapons can be commit, uh, can be obtained, more weapons can be obtained because they're legal. Um, and yeah, do, do you? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about the fact that there is an easy access to guns? For me, again, it's petrifying. It's absolutely frightening to the largest degree possible because. If you're giving any old Randy a gun, you are giving them the potential to take a life. And what right do they have to do that? Something to think, think about. Food for thought. Batting people from buying guns will lead to more business on the black market and thus organizing uh, organized crime rising, such as riots, chaos, destruction, killings, organized killings, etc. Essentially... If you ban people from buying guns, it will just lead to the black market rising. There will be more business on the black market and that is extremely difficult to regulate because it's the black market. If you know anything about the black market, it is extremely difficult to regulate, to moderate. You basically can't. There are streams upon streams upon streams of business owners and people who are higher up than others, um, gang leaders who have to answer to people who are higher up than them and then you have to find who they are and they probably have to answer to someone higher up than them like if you ban people from buying guns it will lead to more business on the black market and thus there'll be even a higher rate of crime so that is another con of banning people from buying guns um members of the public may own sporting rifles or shotguns but not handguns and that is odd. That is a UK thing. Members of the public, they can own sporting rifles or shotguns, but not handguns. Um, I think there needs to be a license as well to own them. Um, or, or the sporting rifles or shotguns may be easier to obtain. I'm not sure. Um, again, don't quote me on that. But anyway, the, when I read that, members of the public may own sporting rifles or shotguns, but not handguns. What came to my mind is this. It's very simple. A weapon is a weapon, which means it can still kill. A sporting rifle can kill. A shotgun can kill. So whether you're giving them the option to own sporting rifles or shotguns but not handguns, or handguns but not shotguns, etc., etc., they can all kill. They are all cons. And I think that point will remain. <laughs>
Um, it can also cost a lot to maintain, depending on the model, depending on what uh, on the model, the make of the firearm. It can cost a lot to maintain. So there is also the economic strain of owning uh, of owning a gun. I was also thinking more socio factors, like social factors. The UK has a very big drinking culture. Let's get this straight. Let's let's just put this let's just put this straight. The UK drinks. We drink. I mean, we will dr- we will out drink. And that's just how it is. The UK drinking culture is there. There are millions of Daves and Bills and um Sheilas and and like and Sharons and Karens and God knows who else who go down Go have a pint, get on the lash, and get wasted. And then, if you combine that with the fact that anyone can own a gun, bear in mind if we have the Second Amendment right, let's say hypothetically, people get wasted, they get enveloped, because you can use absolutely any word to say drunk in England. You can say windowed, blanketed carpeted uh what else chimneyed oh got absolutely chimneyed last night tell you got absolutely chimneyed mate see could work anyway (laughs) point is if you say the uk drinking culture and you say any any person can own a gun a man or a woman drunk people with a gun could lead to more murders it could lead to manslaughter it could lead to murder and that is a very very big risk that is an extremely big risk taking into account the millions of people that drink on the weekends drink on that drink on weekdays etc etc it's a very very large risk and that is a very very large con of owning a gun um Another one I think is a I think is just common sense. More criminals will possess guns because they're more even more readily available. They're more readily available. Why not? Criminals are just going to possess more guns. They're just going to buy more guns because it's their right. Their right to buy a gun. It's their right to own one. It's their right to possess one. Purchase, possess or acquire a firearm. And they don't have to prove it's for a legitimate regular basis of work, sport or leisure their work, sport or leisure will be crime. It will be committing to crime. It will be committing to making the public space a more dangerous place to be, a more dangerous and more harmful place to live, which is an extremely morbid thought, but it is something that, again, should be addressed and needs to be addressed. Because if, if they're more readily available, then it's like going on a sushi counter and being like, yeah, go on, I'll take this, I'll take that, I'll take that. All right, cool, that'll be this much. All right, cool, have a good day. And that's it. You've just given someone the ability to kill. You've given a, a potential criminal the ability to kill. Tell me how that's a pro. Tell me. Tell me how that's a pro. So, um, last one I thought was people can masquerade, um, use a facade, basically... Uh, people can masquerade as if they are using it for self-defense and which basically means for people who don't understand it uh, for what masquerade is it's essentially saying people can say that they're using it for self-defense but actually they're not they're using it for something else such as killing or um, I don't know whatever they're just not using it for the right reasons they're not using it for the reasons that they've put on their application that they're using it for um, or they don't even have to apply if we have the second amendment right so with that there will also be not enough police that will be able to crack down on gun crime because then the police that for now they monitor the people who have um certificates they monitor them and they make sure that everything's going okay there's no there's um as few offenses as possible but if they then have to monitor the whole population well not the whole population but a very large percentage of the population who own a, a handgun a firearm then how the hell are they going to crack down on gun crime? How the hell are they going to do that? We will have to then employ hundreds, if not maybe even thousands more police officers around the country to 
monitor each person who buys a gun and make sure that they're not using it for the wrong reasons. So that is, again, something that is an issue, something you'll have to think about. You have, the police will then be the licensing authority and they then decide who's masquerading and who's not, who's genuinely using it for the right reasons and who's being a dick and masquerading for the wrong reasons. Something, again, that is a con and that we need to think about and address as a society. Oh, so that is that. That is my take on um, should everyone own a gun? Should the if the U.S. Second Amendment Second Amendment right to own a gun, if it was adopted in the U.K., how would it be? How would it look like? That's my take on it. I'm sure all of you have your own takes on it, and I'd love to know what you think. So if you uh, want to let me know, please message me. Um, on Instagram or wherever. Um, my Instagram is Nathan Malul, N-A-T-H-A-N-M-E-L-L-U-L-E. It's all one word, lowercase. And that is my Instagram. So let me know how you think. Let me know how you feel. I'm sure there's going to be people who disagree with my opinions, which is absolutely fine. It's all subjective here. It's all a gray area. Um, and again, just to reiterate, there is no defamation here. There is no slandering of anyone or anything or, or of any organization. And these are all my just personal opinions. Um, so, yeah. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know what you what you guys want to hear next. Um, and, yeah. It was great talking to you guys. And, again, I will keep doing these, talking about these subject matters that people do not talk about that are taboo or people feel scared to talk about because at the end of the day there needs to be a light at the end of the tunnel and there needs to be a voice to the voiceless all right my name is nathan malul and this has been the sunset series this has been today's podcast i will see you guys soon peace